You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 336. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode by going to thejoyjunkie.com slash 336. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello, governor. What's up, pod people? How are you, my love? I- I'm doing good. Are if, you- if I was any better, I'd be twins. Night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we party. Wow. I I am really excited to hang out with you. I know oh, yeah? we're both a little bit tired. Yeah. And but you- I always love pod time. And do you? I do. Baby, I'm so glad. Yeah, it's a good time. You've learned a thing or two over the last seven years. Yes, I have. And it's it's pretty awesome. I can see it manifested in how we communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just really cool. Communicato. I really appreciate that. Aw. Yeah. Touching. Yeah. Is everybody vomiting yet? <laughs> well, when we when we're both a little tired, it is a recipe for some shenanigans. Yes. So shenanigans is a great word for it. It's either you barely pop in and just go, yeah, totally, uh-huh. you know, or right. we just go off the rails. Or, yeah. <laughs> it could go either way. So, so it, it really could. It really could. Stay tuned. But we have changed up <laughs> the dynamic in the bougie beige pod room. Yeah. It's because Mr. Smith's very fragile oh eyes. Gosh. Here we go. He couldn't. I don't know. You were having a little vampire moment where you couldn't have the sun coming through the, the window. Yeah, it was... Um... It was burning my delicate skin. <laughs> You're delicate. <laughs> delicate. <laughs> yeah. And so we switched who sat in what bougie beige chair. Yeah, they're the same bougie beige chair. Yeah. Just in a different part of the room. Yes. And <laughs> Mr. Smith, when we changed seats, he was like, ah, but then I'm going to have to move my Would You Rather book. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like two feet away. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to have to move everything. Because we have little trays next to our setup. We should actually post it so that people could see what we're talking about. That's true. We should. You're right. Put it in the after hour. Ooh, Ah. someone's on his game this week. Stepped in before you could get there. That's awesome, babe. Wow. Well, if that's in any indication, I Mm. think we're going to have an amazing... Mm. On point. On point. An amazing show. (laughs) So let me just tell you what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about lies you may not realize you are telling and what to say instead. Real lies you may not realize? Real lies. Lies. You may not realize. realize. <laughs> you may not realize. Realize. Yeah, that's how real you lies. You may, you may not, not realize. realize. <laughs> okay, I think we got it. Was <laughs> that dead horse we were kicking? We were we were starting to talk about that before the show, and then we're like, save it for the pot, save, <laughs> save, save, save it for the pot. Yeah, save it, save it. You got to save it. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> these are a, a compilation of things that you will likely find. In your own vocabulary, whether it's internal or external when you're Mm. talking to other people. And I want you to just kind of pay attention to which one of these things really 
impacts you and what's one small baby step that you can change. So I'm definitely going to be sharing what to say instead or tactics to employ instead of lying your ass off. Mm. Uh, but before we jump into all that, you know we got we to gotta have a little spice of life over there. We do. There's a little segment that we like to call... Would you rather? And today's would you rather is, would you rather have to always write with your non-dominant hand? Okay. Or always have to write with your eyes closed? Oh, that's interesting. Ah, that's that's interesting. Because I do that sometimes. Like if I'm looking at the computer writing Mm -hmm. something down on a piece of paper. You're not looking at it. I'm not looking at it. But you have to do it with your eyes closed. Yeah. Which, which, is, which sometimes your other senses, you know, really are amplified. That's true. But I don't know how that would help you writing. Well, like, for instance, when I broke my right arm, I started writing with my left. Did you really? Yeah. And I wrote like a kindergartner. It was crazy. Yeah. And then I finally started like getting it down, getting it down. So you can get, you can build the muscle memory just yeah. like you did as a kid, right? Yeah. But I don't know if you can do that with your eyes closed. Maybe. Well, it would be interesting. Okay, so you you don't actually have blindness then. No. You just only when you write. Yeah. So if they're like, ma'am, could you sign here? You're like, "Mm, close your eyes. You feel like, excuse me for a second. And they're like, why? Let me just go ahead and hold that for you. (laughs) I've got a phobia. I've got a phobia. But I I went through. (laughs) I love that you're having your own little narrative. gosh i went through a phase when i was uh, little where i really wanted to work on writing with my left hand because i'm right-handed and so i and i was jealous of people who were left-handed i thought that was so unique and cool it is unique yeah i mean they used to think they used to think in days of old that you were like a demon possessed if yeah, or that you hand. were like uh, not fully formed, or you know something it's so ridiculous, right? It's or that so... you had some mental mental handicap or something, right? Yeah, yeah, something really ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. I it, so I went. I had this like picture that I would draw over and over again. It was like a heart and a rainbow, and I would try to draw it with my left hand, and it I like actively worked on it. Of course I did. Of course you did. But I think I think I would probably pick. I don't know. I write a lot, though. You do. I think, I think I so I could look at my writing, but then when I started to write, I would have to close my eyes. Yeah. I think I would go with left hand. I think I have, or non dominant hand. I think I would have a better chance at cultivating a good writing style. Okay. With that, got some good handwriting skills. Skills. Well, you know what's interesting about that too is my dad had polio in the 50s, which mm-hmm. affects your muscular system. Yep. And so he was left-handed, but he all, that was the side that was – no, the right side was affected by polio. And his ri- writing was so egregious that it was always speculated by, like, doctors and everybody who worked with him that he would have normally been right-handed. But because it was paralyzed – he had to go with the, the, the left. left. He had to learn with the left, and that's why his writing was so egregious. Oh, wow. But my mom would always say, with handwriting like that, you should be making money like a doctor kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Yes. He was a doctor, but yes. a doctor of divinity. Yeah, not a medical doctor. No, yeah. no. Anywho. Yes, we digress. We sure do. <laughs> There's a little segment we don't have a name for. <laughs> <laughs> 
We digress. But we would like to hear what you would rather. We talk about it on Mondays. Oh, you didn't answer. What would you pick? I would definitely go with writing with my left. You would? Like, I think I could develop that. It would be a lot harder for me to develop with my eyes closed. Is this like your operatic confidence? Well, I'm pretty good at opera, so yeah. (laughs) Mr. Smith tried to tell me. (laughs) This is the funniest shit to me. He tried to tell me that opera is just just doesn't seem that hard. It's pretty easy. It's just not. <laughs> you just have to sing very loud and like warble. No, that. No, yeah, I like that. Wow, that. And I told him, I'm like, honey, that is literally the most challenging type of singing to do. No, it is. Britney Spears has a much harder time. Wow. With that breathy. I feel like I don't even know. <laughs> I'm a slave for you. Right, right, right. That's got to be much harder than opera. Oh, my gosh. Your operatic confidence. Okay. Let's <laughs> moving forward. Moving forward into what the show is actually about. Li- realize. Realize. You may not realize. You have to realize the realize that you realize. That you are telling and what to say instead. <laughs> I just cut your ass off. Okay. Number one is saying yes when you really mean no. Mm, yeah, yeah. So this is more of an external fib. But before before we even get through this whole list, one of the things I do want to note about this, and I think we talked about this last week when we did the people-pleasing quiz. Yes. We talked about if you have or claim that you have a, a value around honesty, integrity, or authenticity, or that you claim that that really matters to you in your relationships, then you need to really check are you abiding by that? Are you actually finding all of these little ways to tell half-truths or not really be very honest? Mm. And and granted, I do have to say that a majority of that is influenced by our culture. It's influenced by being polite, being yeah. nice, don't rock the boat, sure. don't open a can of worms, all those idioms that we've talked about in the past. And really, when we look at it really clearly – we're actually just not being honest. So if that's you and you know I do really value this, it's something that's really important in my friendships, with my family, with my partner, then it's probably important that you start being honest about this stuff. Absolutely. And I, I realized this not too long ago. I was teaching a part of this in Deep Down and Dirty, which if you're not familiar is my the only way to work with me. It's my signature program. And we talk about these various levels of our value system. And I realized that there were a lot of situations where people would say they, they would just straight out lie, you yeah. know, and we're going to talk about them today. Okay. But where we don't think of them as being, we think of lying as being malicious and maligned and ill intended, and I'm trying to hurt somebody. And so we kind of put you're a liar in a different category than a white lie. Right. Mm -hmm. Then when you say, when you actually say, yeah, sure, I'll take care of that when you really, really don't want to. Mm. So check in with yourself. I'm not saying that you're ill-intended or you're malicious or anything like that. But I'm saying that there's probably room for you to honor that honesty or authenticity or integrity or whatever it is for you. The authentic self. (laughs) They're calling it authentic self. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, that's what they're calling it. In which community is this? Uh, Most communities. (laughs) (laughs) I I really demand more of you. The personal development? Yes. Okay, good. You can Um, say thought leaders. You can say personal development. You can Mm -hmm. say self-help, personal growth. All of those. PD community. 
That's what that's what that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah it's it's trending. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, b- by the way, I was joking with Andrea about how Andrea is my best friend, by the way. I was joking that Mr. Smith decided that he wants to start an Instagram for our dog. Yeah. And I am. you know what she said? What? She was like, oh, because he's so good at Instagram. <gasps> I'm amazing at Instagram. I just don't do it. You don't play social media very I well. I choose not to. No, and I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I I definitely think. But I would definitely do it a good de- with my dog as my face. Oh, okay. That way I don't have to really show my true self. <laughs> Your authentic self. Yeah, my authentic self. Okay, number one. God, we're still only on number one. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get Say, there. I, I, now I understand where we're going with this podcast. We're going more off the rails than we are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just tired enough. You, you, you getting that vibe? Yeah. Yeah. Number one, saying yes when you really mean saying no. So here's here's the deal with that. We aren't taught to decline with grace. We assume that if we say no to somebody, that we are out to get them or we're letting them down or we're purposely hurting them. They don't want to be around them or something like that. Right. right. Making up some sort of lie in our head that no means something mean. And I would like to counter that, that lying is actually out of integrity. Boom. Mic drop. (laughs) So, okay, I'm going to need you to slow it down. (laughs) I'm going to lose my track. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Boom. (laughs) Boom. Mic drop. So the antidote to this is to buy yourself some time. Instead of saying yes right away, take your time to commit. One of the things that I love to say if somebody's asking something of you like, will you chaperone this school field trip? Or will you is there any way you can volunteer for X, Y, or Z? Or hey, can I borrow this? Saying to them, Hey, how soon do you need an answer? That sort of switch of questions, posing another question instead of answering can be so helpful in buying yourself some time. And it really depends on what's being asked of you. But almost always you can do something that will give you a little more time saying something like, you know what, I would hate to say yes and then have to pull out later or change my mind later. Let me double check what's on my calendar or let me see if I'm going to need it that day or Whatever it is. Now, if somebody wants to borrow something from you and they are negligent with things, you might need to tell them. You yeah. might need to be honest <laughs> and say, like, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. It makes me a little nervous. The last time you borrowed, you know, fill in the blank, it didn't come back in the best shape. My child. <laughs> the last time you borrowed my child, <laughs> it didn't come back in the best shape. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So look at what are the things that I can say that actually buy myself some time and decline with grace. And then you know my absolute favorite if somebody says, I really need an answer right now, then you can say, if you really – if that really is the case, you need an answer right now, I'm going to have to politely decline. Because maybe you need more time. Just because it's emergent for them doesn't mean it's emergent for you. Yeah. Okay. What if it's at that moment though? Like in that exact moment, you have to like I really need an answer right now because it's happening right now. Yeah, like I need you. To, I need someone to drive me to the airport. Yeah, that that comes down to are you able to? And I think almost always the best solution is to ask another question. Like, do you, you do you have to leave right now? When do you have to be there? 
have you exhausted all other options? And then looking at like, am I actually able to say yes? Because a lot of times we, there's a difference between I really don't want to and I actually can't. Like it would be a a difficult turn of events for me to change everything around to go help somebody out. And it just depends if you value that person and if you're close, like there's a lot of other kind of complicated pieces to it. Yeah, that's fair. But let's let's work on that, everybody. And I'm going let's to realize <laughs> that that's a lie. That's a, a real lie. That's a real. Yeah, let's do that. And I'm also going to have a link in the show notes to a pod, a pod or two that we've done specifically on saying no, like really being able to decline. The the thing that I think people get really stuck in too is feeling like they need a shit ton of explanation around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you can just say, "Oh man, I wish I could, but I'm not available." Yeah. I mean just, that just like that. That could be a real That's enough. simple one if it's in the moment like, "Oh my gosh, I really wish I could, but I'm simply not able." Yeah. That's fair. Something like that. Okay, number 2. Another lie, and this is another external one, saying nothing's wrong. When everything is very wrong. No, I'm fine. Right. That's actually a different one. Oh, it is? Yes. And I'm going to talk about that, but I like where your head's at. Nuance. You're jumping. You're jumping here. But number two, saying there's nothing wrong when everything is wrong. Now, I don't think that everybody gets to hear your vulnerability. I like to say, speak your truth into ears that can hear you. Yeah, it's a good one. And not all ears are capable of hearing you. So I don't think that you have to divulge all the shit that's going on or what's going on behind the scenes or what's even happening inside your head, how you're speaking to yourself. But I do think practicing vulnerability is really a beneficial thing for all of us because it creates more uh, connectedness and more intimacy in our relationships. Sure. So something like if somebody asks you at work, you know, what, what's wrong? You seem kind of down and out or you seem frustrated today or something like that. To be honest and say something to the effect of, you know, I've been kind of having a rough go or uh, I really had some stuff happen at, at home last night. I'm not really up for talking about it, but I really appreciate you noticing. That's a great way to say Something it. like that. You don't – being vulnerable doesn't mean you have to ex- express everything. It just means that you're, you're not lying. You're not saying, no, nothing's wrong. I'm totally fine. Yeah, you don't have to bear your soul. Right. Right. Now, some people are asking because they like the gossip and stuff like that. You know, it, <laughs> it really depends who it is. But I would start with the gratitude. Thank you so much for asking. To be honest with you, I've got some stuff going on. Don't really want to talk about it right now. I hope I hope you can understand. Easy. Easy. Done. Chill. And, you know, I even did that with my best friend a little bit earlier. There was some stuff that I had confided in her about that I was feeling pretty – pretty tender around and she kind of brought it up and was going to give me some thoughts on it and I said you know what I really really don't think I'm up for talking about it but I I appreciate that and just being vulnerable and open about that she was like absolutely got it and you and I are really great about that too yeah I think a little vulnerability goes a really long a long way yeah and I think this can also be really important too in in relationships, like if your partner is asking you if there's something wrong and you're saying no, that's on you. Yeah. If there really is something eating you up yeah. and you're grappling with it, you can say that. Right. You can say, hey, you know, I don't know if I fully processed everything that happened the other night or what we talked about around finances. I, I'm not feeling fully settled. Right. 
but I don't know if I'm ready to hash it out yet. Yeah. These so, people can hide behind it too. Like, no, everything's fine. Yeah, no, you know. It, that's a great point because sometimes yeah. we really want it to be fine. Mm -hmm. We really don't want there to be something wrong. Right. We really don't want to mm -hmm. be grappling with something in the relationship. We would rather not be bothered by what was said. Uh-huh. And so we want that to be the case. So there, that's sort of an issue of am I lying to myself as well? Right. So, all right. Number three, telling yourself you aren't enough. Ooh. This it's is a classic. That's a classic. <laughs> and it is incredibly common. It's what I see in pretty much every student who comes through deep down and dirty. It's one of the most prevailing beliefs, belief systems that people have uh, a really strong grasp on because it takes a ton of different iterations. Sometimes it's, I'm not a good enough parent. I'm not present enough with my kids. I'm not thin enough, pretty enough, accomplished enough, rich enough, you know, what, whatever, educated enough, young enough, old enough. Like we have this weird standard, this criteria of why we're not valuable. Now, I think that there's a difference between when we are going up for something like a job or we're maybe entertaining a dating relationship where we actually don't meet the criteria of what somebody else wants. Hmm. That does not have to mean I'm not enough, not enough or either. I'm not valuable or I'm not worthy of love totally or – right? Because a, a lot of times, for instance, if you – if somebody declines you for a promotion and says, like, you just haven't done enough sales or you haven't contributed enough in this way, we take that exact vernacular of not enough and we go, I'm not enough. So I really encourage you in those scenarios to go, okay, for that job and this one isolated incident, I didn't meet the criteria. Right. But let's not equate that mismatch of criteria as I'm not enough. Like the grand stamp of brand on yourself of like not valuable, not worthy. Do you think that's because we put so much value into our job and our relationship that that's where our worthiness comes from? Or we – look for the external worthiness factor there? Uh, I think it's really different for everybody yeah, because some people, it it, it's very much wrapped up in jobs and accomplishments. Yeah. Other people, it's physical. It's how I look. It's my physical fitness. Mm. It's my body. So, yes. Okay. Other people, it's money. So it kind of falls into totally different categories. Sure. But I do hear a lot of people who equate if I'm partnered or not partnered, that must mean I'm lovable or not lovable. Right. And that that has nothing to do with it. It really doesn't. It just means you haven't found that person who can reciprocate where you're at. Yeah. So we've got to stop telling ourselves that we are not enough, especially because that is such a bogus piece of criterion. Like, what the fuck is enough? Right. Yeah, that's a pretty ambiguous term. Isn't How it? are you so concretely sure that you're not? Yeah, like yeah, that's true. It's that's a great yeah that that right gets right through the fallacy, doesn't it? Well, because we we keep going. Well, I'm not enough. Well, and I'm like, well, then what would be enough? Mm -hmm. And then we keep moving that criteria, and that's that is one of the major major things that we deal with in deep down and dirty 
And it's one of the things that people say the most commonly coming out of that program is I finally believe in my own worthiness. Hmm. I believe that I am enough. And a lot of that comes from how our beliefs were formed at a really young age. So we go back through that and start to excavate for where did this belief come from? And sometimes it's really clear. And then we, and sometimes it's not. And then we go through complete retraining of the brain so that that neural pathway isn't nearly as well-worn. Right. Yeah. So if you're at all interested in that and that's something that you're like, I know that everything will change for me if I actually believed in myself, if I didn't have all of this self-doubt. Because who wouldn't? when, When you don't believe you're enough, that permeates Everything. That doesn't make you want to go out into the dating world. Mm -mm. That makes you fucking codependent and desperate. It doesn't give you fire and excitement about your career. You're just always chasing what will make me look the best. Right. Let me let me jump this hoop, jump through this hoop, and then oh, I'm still not fucking happy. Okay, well, better get skinny, better get a partner, better get all these things. Let me look over here. Let me look over there. Exactly. So if that yep. if that's something that you feel would dramatically change your reality, I highly encourage you to to consider deep down and dirty. And we do the enrollment process with that very, very differently because we're extremely careful about who comes into the program because we want to make sure that we really can get people those results. So your first item of business, if that's something that you're interested in, go to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop. And you'll see an entire masterclass that I've put together that kind of chronicles my work, how I work through these various issues, what the subconscious and the conscious mind have to do with it, and why you might be consuming a shit ton of personal development books or podcasts and nothing's really changing. There's a very real reason for that. That's not – you're not broken. Mm -hmm. But have a watch through that workshop, and then at the very end, you see an opportunity to book a call with one of my coaches, and they are able to address exactly what you are up against and look at if Deep Down and Dirty is a great option for you. program fits you, yeah. Yeah. So first up, watch the masterclass, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop, or it will also be in the show notes page as well. Oh, cool. One of the other things that I think is a really great idea when we're talking about this whole not enoughness thing is to use what I like to call progressive language. So for many people, just stating I am enough instead of I'm not enough, which is what we always say. Right. That feels like such a lie. To look at yourself and say, no, I am enough or I am good enough or I am pretty enough. It feels like a lie, yeah. It feels like a lie. So what I suggest is to use progressive language, something like – I'm exploring what believing in my worth looks like or I'm on the pro- in the process of embracing my enoughness. Something where you're talking about, hey, I may not be there right now. I may not be fully on board yet, but I'm moving in that direction and I'm committed to figuring that out. Committed is another great word. I'm committed to attaining my worthiness mm-hmm. or cementing my worthiness, something like that. So – just a couple of ideas for you there. Number four, oh, this is a, a big one. And I think it's, it's a killer. I well, I think it's just incredibly common because we use it in our in our semantics all the time. Telling yourself you can't. Yeah, you know what I say about that. I know what you say about that. What do I say? You say what do I say? What do I say? Though? You say throw it in the trash can. That's right. Yes. <laughs> throw it in the trash. So here's my 
perspective on can't. I'm sure you've heard me say this before. Can't is when it is not humanly possible, when you are actually not capable, not able to do something in particular. For example, I cannot sprout wings out of my back and go fly around the neighborhood. That'd be amazing if you could. I have been wanting that since I was little. <laughs> it would, it would, That's your superpower? It would be my chosen superpower for sure. That's a good one. That one I can actually say I can't. But saying something like, I can't say no to chocolate. I can't text. I, I can't stay away from my ex. I, <laughs> I can't get a workout in tonight. That's funny. I just had a, an image of somebody actually like out in a setting, in a social setting, it, where they're like, oh, I just can't say no to chocolate. I'm like, well, you could. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it would be so rude. You actually can. You uh, can. I, I have done that before in other situations. Yeah. Um, both my bestie, Andrea, and I have said to people, like we've been in social situations where someone's like, oh, I can't do that. And we're like, actually... <laughs> actually you can you know actually you can because it was something like i can't i can't tell him that's how i feel or yeah, i can't yeah. tell it's in her your realm. yeah i can't tell her that i'm offended right. by that it depends on who you're talking and we to. were like or just mm. some rando at a bar or something you know it, although i've been known to to drop some self-help bombs yes at a bar. this is true <laughs> this is true i'm talking about me doing it not you, you right you would be you would be you would be accepted <laughs> yeah okay so here's the deal i want you to start changing out I can't whenever you hear yourself say I can't switch it out to I won't or I choose so for example if you hear yourself say I could never tell him that or I can't tell her that I'm offended I want you to say I choose not to tell her that I'm offended Mm -hmm. or I won't tell him that that comes with a layer of responsibility responsibility yeah it's a good word it, mm-hmm. i mean it really Instead is of saying i can't because then it's out of your hands we mm. also use can't when we're talking about our own capability we're not necessarily talking about you know speaking up or something like that or like a behavioral thing we talk about it of uh, like i can't journal or like, I, I can't do math. I'm not good at that. Or I can't do the phone. I don't, it's like, no, you choose to not mm-hmm. call people. You, you, you won't be on the phone. Yeah. Right? So we also will do this in situations where we're going for something that's forcing us to grow in our capabilities. Like, I don't know, traveling more. Like, oh, I, I can't go to the movies by myself. Or I can't travel by myself. Or I can't. It's like, no, I think you're capable. <laughs> I think you're actually capable. So also check in on are you selling yourself short? Because sometimes it's just a bold-faced lie. To, I mean, that's a defense and a scapegoat when we say, I can't say no to chocolate. Mm-hmm. or it's, We're giving ourselves excuses. And then sometimes we're just playing small when it's around our own capability. Yeah. So – Check yourself if you start going, oh, I could never do that. you know. And then there's other things that I would probably use that phrase with, like I cannot jump out of a plane. I can. Yes, you can. I very much choose not to. <laughs> and I am absolutely okay with that. That would be trying to give a cat a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I would throw an equally dramatic hissy fit. 
<sighs> All right. Okay. N- number five. <laughs> that that stresses me out just thinking about it. That's funny. Number five. This is where what you were talking about earlier, saying it's fine or no big deal or no worries when it's a lot of worries. And it's obvious. And it's really not fine. A lot of times this happens when somebody disappoints you or when you're offended and we go, oh, no, it's good. It's fine. You know, and it's it's absolutely not fine. Mm-hmm. In fact, I saw this really funny meme where somebody was <laughs> – they said – I was starting to say no worries and I was starting to say it's all good and it came out all worries and, <laughs> and there's never been a truer statement about what's going on with me. <laughs> and I thought, mm, oh, all worries. All worries. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's all Everyone out there with anxiety, you feel me? That's funny. So when we're saying it's fine or it's no big deal or no worries when it really is just not fine or it is all worries, these are opportunities for us to – to be really honest. And I think, you know, if, if people will say things really flippantly and it's sometimes hard for us to gather our ourselves enough to say, actually, you know what, that that's not fine. I find that kind of offensive. Yeah. And I'd appreciate it if you didn't m- mention that or I'd really love it if we could change topics. You know, you don't have to get into a whole full-blown conversation with somebody and dig into stuff is sometimes it's just enough to say you know what I that really that really bummed me out I was expecting you to make good on your commitment and and I'm I'm disappointed that yeah I, I say that all the time oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith time. is disappointed in everyone <laughs> that's not how I meant I that's that came out wrong whenever I am I will say that Right. Yeah. Or something like, you know what? I really wish I would have known because it it changed my entire schedule today. Right. And so being open about it. At the very, very least, don't say it's fine. At least say, hey, here's the impact. The impact of your decision or of your choice or whatever they may have done. Here's how it landed. And and I have felt I think largely because I teach this now, that I can not I cannot for the life of me, no, I choose not to, <laughs> to lie about that stuff. Like it's physically fucking painful for me now Yeah. to just try to override mm-hmm. bitterness or upset or something like that that I felt around what somebody said or did yeah. and to say, oh, it's fine. Like it, it physically gets trapped in you. It hurts. Yeah. And I, I, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. I refuse to do it because it hurts too much. So I'm usually pretty honest about that. Like, you know. That, that didn't really sit well with me. And there's ways to say it, like phrasing things like that. I'm not fully settled is a great way to say it. That didn't really sit well with me instead of I'm really upset with your personal behavior. You know, yeah. there's ways to be a little lighter around it, which tends to evoke more receptivity from Absolutely. the other person. For sure. Okay. Number six. This is another huge one. Identifying yourself in disempowering ways. So this hmm. is another real lie you may not realize (laughs) so you have to explain that one i didn't understand it quite fully yes thank you so much for prompting that (laughs) identifying yourself in disempowering ways here's what it sounds like i'm a perfectionist Uh, okay okay i'm so labels controlling Mm -hmm. i'm just weird about my food i'm such a 
Hypocrite. He- yes, thank you. People <laughs> pleaser, whatever. Yeah. So those words, you've got to listen to anything I'm followed by whatever else is usually what you are living into. Because when we claim that as a label, as a brand, we stay there. If we say I'm a perfectionist, we stay there. We yeah. don't ever start working on changing that behavior. And sometimes it's it, it's totally innocuous and doesn't really matter. Like I used to work with a gal who would always talk about how tenured she was with the company and she would say, I know, I'm a dinosaur. And she would talk about you know uh-huh. how long she had been around. And it wasn't really – I don't think it was really detrimental to her well-being or anything like that. But we have to be mindful of whatever is, comes after I'm or I am a – is that something that you want to live into or is that just a bold-faced lie right. that you don't want to be? So you have to really check in on that. So that's what I would caution you to kind of take a little inventory of over the next handful of days. And this one's a little slipperier because it might not feel like a lie because it might feel like, no, I really am a perfectionist. No, yeah. I really am a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Is that where you were going? Yeah. <laughs> you, you look like you've got a little – voice of the people question coming in. No, yeah. no. <laughs> no, you hit it. But that's it and I'm using that through the turn through the lens of if it's not something you want to be, stop fucking claiming it. Right. Then it's a lie. We don't want to stay there. Let's start claiming a new truth. Let's start claiming something like I am capable. I am powerful. I am exploring what self-love looks like. I am exploring what enoughness looks like. And this is a huge part of Deep Down and Dirty. We go through a couple of weeks of identity stuff where we really look at who are we being in this world. Right. And that's comes after unpacking a lot of the enoughness issues and beliefs right, and right, things right. like that. That's the uncomfortable part. And I think – if people are um, hesitant to sign up, it's because they know that there's some painful work ahead. It, yeah. It's, right? A lot of times what I'll say is it's almost like, you know, you go – you've been ignoring a pain that you have in your arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know all about that. Or your leg. Yeah. And – you ignore it, you ignore it, you ignore it, and then it just becomes too painful where you're mm-hmm. like, fuck, I have to go to the doctor. Yeah. You go to the doctor and they're like, well, I have good news and bad news. <laughs> bad news is we have to do surgery and you're going to have to do a couple months of physical physical therapy. I know I was like, what? what is that? I was going to say training. Physical therapy. <laughs> PT, training too. PT. But the good news is after that, you will be in such better shape. You'll be able to run marathons. You'll be able to climb mountains. You'll be able to play with your grandkids or your kids or whatever. Your life will be completely different, but we've got to go through this little healing process. And that is exactly what happens for Deep Down and Dirty. When people get to that point where it becomes too painful to stay the same, they cannot stay in their own way. They can't doubt themselves and hate themselves any longer. They're like, fine, I'm going to do the work and I'm going to look at the shit I don't want to look at. And on the other side, though, that's what is so miraculous. That's right. And I see people doing incredible things like severing toxic relationships with family or getting out of marriages that they're not happy with. Things you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah manifesting soulmates. I can't tell you how many times I've been invited to weddings. Oh. You know? I mean, it's it's incredible awesome. what happens when you actually value who you are. I've seen people quit smoking, lose weight, start their own coaching businesses, starting their own businesses, period, you know? All because All sorts they of realized 
but realize <laughs> that they were telling themselves. Yes. That is why I keep you around, Mr. Smith. That is the why. The wit. The wit. So quick-witted. So again, your first step is to have a watch through that workshop, that masterclass, and see if it really hits home with you. The joyjunkie.com slash workshop. And then there's the opportunity to book a call with one of my team uh, members if you are really feeling the pull. Let me do a quick little recap. Okay. Number one. Recap it. The real lie that you may not realize. (laughs) It's too good. It's just too good. Number one, saying yes when you really mean saying no. Mm, So mm. start buying yourself some time. Number two, saying nothing is wrong when everything is wrong. So start practicing that vulnerability. Number three, telling yourself you aren't enough, even though what the fuck does that even mean? So start working with some progressive language around I am embracing my worthiness. I like that. Telling yourself, number four, is you can't. Let's be really intentional when you hear that. Switch it to I won't or I choose or I am capable. Did you just give me a little wrist flare? No, I was just adjusting my Oh, wrist. you were cracking your wrist. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought you were like, get it, girl. Go, like, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, that's a little out of character, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> all right. Number five is saying it's fine, no big deal, no worries, when it's actually all worries. So this Hashtag is another <laughs> opportunity to practice vulnerability and to say, to be quite candid or in all honesty, I was I was a little bummed or I was disappointed or I'm not fully settled or something to that to that effect. And then finally, number six, identifying yourself with disempowering phrases or uh, monikers like I'm labels. such a yeah mm-hmm. labels. I'm mm-hmm. so and listen for that. And if it's not something that you want to live into, let's create a new truth. It's a great way to um, realize you're doing that. <laughs> realize. Um, that you are doing that because one of the things I try to teach people is how to change habit in their physical selves. Mm-hmm. And we have to look for triggers, things that, yep. oh, I've just put my foot underneath of me when I sat down. Boom. Think about how that's going to affect your back, right? right? Like there's little things that you can do preemptively before you get to right. the problem. Right. So the same applies here. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. You're like, oh, I just said I'm so. What's going to come after that, right? Yeah. I will say it. it's a little tougher with personal development than it is with body. Oh, sure. To be preemptive. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 you're right. You're right because you're using your mind. Yeah. And so what I usually say is more common is what I like to call the do-over. So it's where you catch yourself saying, mm-hmm. I'm such a perfectionist. And then you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that something I really want to embody? Or I'm I'm so controlling. Is that really a character trait I want to nurture? Right, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is when you say I'm so whatever, you go, oh wait, is that true? But it's right? I'm just saying it's after. It the is fact. after the fact, right? But but it, what I'm saying is you have that tool now. Yes. Before you just said it as it was a real. It, it was your like, truth. Like it was a reality, right? right? And now you go, oh wait, is that true? Right. right. So you have the tool. That's what I'm trying to say. Good. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And I also want to say there's six of these here and there are a lot of very, very common things that we do. And we've we've mentioned this a number of times on the show. Pick one or two and just practice one. Don't try to do all of them. You may not be even doing all of them. That's right. Right. Especially those of you who are the recovering perfectionists out there. (laughs) You're going to be like, I have to do all six or I'm doing nothing. No, just pick one. Focus on it for the week and see what shifts for you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. that works. 
Cool. Everything else you need to find is in the show notes. And I think that's it. We will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out. <laughs>